And instead of that stuff being seen as the valuable information and content that it is that helps you figure out life, make decisions, solve your problems and uh, make new ways of being, better ways of being in the world. We just really focus with that part and these symptoms resolve. Welcome to the show. We are sharing stories with solutions from people who have overcome adversity and healed their life. I am your host, Victoria Johnson, teacher trainer for the Heal Your Life Workshop Teacher Program and the Heal Your Life Coach Training Program. You can learn more about me and the training at thetraining.ca. That's T-H-E training As Louise Hay always said, the point of power is in the present moment. So let's get started. Hello, listeners. We have a very special guest today. She is an emotional wellness coach and an inner world transformation mentor. Her name is Rachel McLeod. She's a mental health therapist for who specializes in emotional wellness. And she's developed a really interesting program that helps to empower people to get rid of their symptoms and to heal. And she really wants to promote also helping people to heal themselves going forward safely and skillfully. So I'm very excited about what she has to say, and I am sure you will be as well. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you for having me. So good to be here. Oh, it is just absolutely my pleasure. Something that you uh, specialize in is something that has puzzled me forever. So I'm so glad that we can talk about it. There is that phenomenon where people go to counseling and I love counseling. Don't get me wrong. Counseling's amazing. I'm a counselor for like 15 years talking about the same issue and never moving forward. I think maybe that's one of the things I really like about coaching is that it helps people to move forward. But I know that you work with people who kind of get stuck in the counseling loop where it's almost like they're, you know, I'm sure they're doing work, but they're not moving forward. And tell us how you help people take the short path to where it is they want to go. Yeah, really what happens is I just really help the mind and body and brain do the work it wants to accomplish, which sounds very simple, but I really help people do the brain work for resolving symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress. And the brain has a beautiful process for this, but it really can go offline. And so, and then once that happens, we notice symptoms of anxiety, depression, traumatic stress, and then it gets repressed and stuck back in us. And then the next thing you know, it comes up again and it's just loops and loops and loops instead of making it through the brain's natural healing process. And so really what I do is instead of having all this information, these symptoms, take a left and go off towards fight, flight, freeze, or faint, I really help people guide this towards the healing process being completed. And that's a really simple process. It's it's really, I don't really specialize in working with the thinking part of the brain. We're talking about symptoms. We're talking about what's happening. I really help a different part of the brain where the symptoms are actually created and why they don't resolve. And that part is the survival system, the brain survival system in its native language is the body. And so instead of doing stuff like that's focused on the front of the brain, I really like to go straight to the source and we can use mind-body interventions. I teach four and we can use them to send the message to the survival system. We're safe now. 
We can let this stuff pass. We can complete this process. We don't have to run from this information and we can resolve that piece, right? And so using these interventions like emotional freedom techniques, thought-filled therapy, energy medicine, and EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, we can really help the brain resolve symptoms very quickly because we're actually working at that exact spot where symptoms are created and maintained. And that that's really, I, I really kind of see myself as somebody who just helps the brain complete the process. And so I find that people don't need counseling or advice from me if their brain is working well, right? If these, all these symptoms result because there's so much emotion and so many, our senses are picking up information about the world or situations that have happened. And gosh, that information sometimes registers as pain in the brain. And then if you're in pain, the survival system needs to get you out of pain. So it needs to get you away from that stuff. And instead of that stuff being seen as the valuable information and content that it is that helps you figure out life, make decisions, solve your problems and make new ways of being, better ways of being in the world. We just really focus with that part and these symptoms resolve and we can upgrade our lives and we can connect better with other humans, reach our goals. There's so many awesome things we can do just by helping this one little process out. And so that's really what I do. So I'm hearing you say that you work very closely with mind-body connection because of the things that are happening in the brain show up in the body. So we're not having to go through the talk therapy, but rather checking in with uh, how what you're thinking is affecting how you're feeling. Yeah. I mean, all parts of us are always experiencing everything all the time. It's not, there's no reason to just focus on our thoughts about it. What about how the body's experiencing the situation? What about how the survival system is experiencing the situation? What about how your subconscious mind is responding to the situation? All that stuff and all that, those parts of us are always sending this information up anyway, but the survival system is kicking it out. And so it's like this wasted frustration that just starts accumulating in us and our life starts to reflect it. Our life starts to reflect that we can't, this process of resolving symptoms is the same process brains use to grow, to mature. And so if you can't resolve these symptoms, if they're not resolving, you're also not getting your growth or your maturation. And so you're, it will eventually show up in your relationships, in your goals, in your life. And so, Yeah. So you work with people then to improve their emotional wellness, which then in turn improves their physical well-being, creating a more balanced connection between mind, body, spirit. I would say some of that is true. <laughs> so uh, I predominantly, right? So I start with people that are experiencing anxiety, depression, traumatic stress. Okay. So and... just walk us through a process then. So, there, so say I'm experiencing anxiety. So then maybe if you explain to us how we can connect the anxiety uh, and put those pieces together. And then again, how we can work into learning how to do our own healing work, as you say, safely and skillfully. Okay. Let's set it up like this. Let's pretend that I have a big basket that I'm looping around my arm and I'm, I'm just carrying this basket around. I'm going to guide people through their inner world and we're going to put things in the basket that pertain to their panic attacks. Okay. So we want to know, we're going to go and we're going to talk to the subconscious mind and put all the things that pertain to that panic attack into this basket. 
And because all this stuff is what needs to make it to the front of the brain where it can be processed. And then the whole brain can figure out for itself that we don't need to panic here. And let's also, we're going to go around and we're going to visit the body and we're going to figure out what all the body knows about this panic attack. And the body communicates in sensations. It doesn't write us letters, doesn't use words. So what it knows about this panic attack is whatever's happening right before it, it makes it sick to its stomach and makes its heart race. And so we're going to gather that information. Thank you for telling us so much about this. And we're going to gather it into the basket. And then we're going to ask the survival system. And it's going to be like, yeah, man, we got to run from this stuff. Survival state. And we're going to use flea, as a matter of fact, and a little bit of fawning. So we're going to take that information, put it in the basket. And then we want to take this basket, all this information, and we want to move it through the brain's healing pathways. Now we know that the survival system is not going to like what's in this basket because it's, it's distress. And that's where we're going to use these interventions because we're just going to, we're not, this is, we're going to send the message to the survival system that it's okay to let this stuff through. And so we're going to use the intervention while all this information moves to the front of the brain. And we know that it's gotten to the front of the brain because it will leave the body. All of a sudden your stomach and your chest start to relax. We'll also notice that you have more logical thinking because that emotion is processing. And so now the brain is moving through its next processes, which are more logical reasoning, problem solving. And that's another thing that will start showing up is problem solving. This lets us know that the front of the brain is moving and doing what it does because problem solving is not part of the survival system. It's not part of the body. It's not part of the subconscious mind. It's a very, it's, it's the part of the thinking center, which is the final step in symptom resolution is that the brain creates figures out how to solve the problem and then creates a new way of being. Now, mind you, this is an electrical process. And so this moves very quickly. We will take this basket and move it through probably in five to 10 minutes. And this basket could be panic attacks while you're driving. It could be becoming frozen when you see anybody with a beard that reminds you of somebody in your past. Imagine in 10 to 15, 40 minutes, let's say it's it's complex, no longer having panic attacks anymore. And that's really what we're talking about. And then when we resolve one, we just choose the next symptom. We do the same thing. We go, when we figure out what, what the other parts of us have to say about it. And we make sure that gets processed because the deal is, is that all of our emotions are valuable. None of them are bad or wrong, but the positive ones do not register in the body as pain. And so they just march themselves through the healing pathways and front of the brain gets to look at them and, oh, I get it. I understand. I make sense of this stuff. And... I make some solutions. But the other, the negative stuff does register as pain in the body, in the brain. And so the survival system shuts it out. And so the negative stuff has a very, very hard time making it through this process. So it's constantly getting shut out and turned around and like, you can't come here. And so the front of the brain knows that this stuff is in there. And so it's constantly trying to go get it, which is why we can really feel very negative. We can feel like, gosh, I'm just so negative. I'm just focusing on the negative. No, actually, your brain is trying to go get that negative information so it can finally understand the situation in its entirety, right? We can't solve problems if we only listen to half of the people sharing their story, right? We have to listen to the whole story to get the whole picture to create holistic solutions. And our body is doing that constantly. And so, but because this negative stuff has such a difficult time making it through, and then culturally, it's like, don't think about the negative stuff, keep moving. But on a brain level, it doesn't work like that. That stuff is not even categorized as negative as far as your, your system's experience. The only thing that's negative about it is the survival system is designed to shift us away from pain. 
right? The body is sending that because it needs you to know we don't like this. This is not good for us. The front of your brain needs to figure that out because then it will start making solutions that don't include the things you don't like. So what kind of solutions are coming up then? So you know, I'm listening to you talk and I'm and it's all, you know, sounding really good and making good sense to me. But then I think about those things that are behind those patterns that are making the brain go back. The trauma, like you said earlier, the man with the beard, whatever it might be. As you're taking them through this beautiful releasing experience that you said can work very quickly, what about the actual healing? What about the forgiveness work? What about all of that stuff behind the scenes? What is that? You know, I never make my clients do any healing, any forgiveness work. I don't make them do any acceptance work because brains make healing and brains make forgiveness. It's a natural part of the brain's healing process. If you don't have forgiveness showing up, there's some stuff in the back of your, in your inner world that hasn't made it through the healing process yet. Old hurts, resentment, anger, rage, that stuff can be very difficult to process. And we can receive lots of messages that we really shouldn't go there. But I find that if we can spend some time processing that 10 minutes, two days, whatever, all of a sudden your brain has that quote unquote negative energy and it can really convert it into acceptance and forgiveness. So you don't lead your clients through a forgiveness I do not. process, but they just naturally get there because of the work you're doing. That's right. If I see it still not showing up, I'm like, tell me more. Let's go to the back and find more pieces to this story. Mm-hmm. And there, and that's because there are there can be layers and layers and layers of this stuff mm-hmm. that doesn't have to take forever to resolve. But many people are going through forgiveness exercises and they're, they want to be forgiving but their brain hasn't made forgiveness yet. And so then they're pretending they're forgiving, but it's not actually like that. It's not working like that. They are not experiencing the emotional freedom. They're not experiencing the release of this stuff from their nervous system, the hypervigilance, the rage, the anger. And that it's so worth it to do this, to do this healing work. And so that you can come to a place of acceptance and I have clients with losses. Uh, They've lost children. They've lost family members. And it's really uncomfortable to be sad and bitter and angry and grieving for as long as it takes to heal from something like this. But to actually do the healing work is valuable for a lifetime. And it really doesn't, I want to say this, it doesn't take as long as what we think it's going to take, but it's usually very uncomfortable. Yes. And I agree with that completely. I mean, I think we've all met people who have, held on to say anger for 20, 30, 40 yeah. years when it doesn't have to be that difficult. You know, right. you, you can make a decision to move through that and change the narrative and change your experience. Well, I don't know even if we can, if you make a decision to change the narrative, but you haven't, it's the anger is still in your stomach and makes your blood boil. It's not going to release. It has to be cleared from all parts of us. It has to really be decision-making comes from the front of the brain and So it's like we do, it's great to make a decision, but that doesn't mean that the whole thing is finished. I think we'll just assume that I meant do the work. And Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you mentioned you use four techniques, EMDR, EFT. Energy medicine Mm -hmm. and thought-filled therapy. Thought-filled therapy is the parent intervention to emotional freedom techniques. So there's a little bit more complexity to it, but... 
And I, so I teach, I teach it to people when they are ready for it, but there's an intervention in thought-filled therapy that I teach right away. And that one is called collarbone breathing. And that's my favorite trauma processing intervention. Out of all of them, I use a lot of interventions. I like to match people with the right intervention for their brain. That makes sense. Are you able to to just uh, give us a quick lesson on collarbone breathing right now? Is that something that would be suitable on a podcast? You know what? This one is really, this one is like chewing gum and jumping rope at the same time. And so it's really, really complex. And I do offer this as a training in my email list. It's about the third email I send out. I don't know that I could do it on a podcast. I could do emotional freedom techniques. Okay. Well, let's do a quick run through on that. And then let's tell people how to get to your website to get uh, more information to get on that email list. Okay. So let's... Let's so we're talking about something. tamping. We're talking about tapping. We're talking about tamping, tapping. And I'd like to do an experiential one. So I want to load you up with something. I'd love to do a forgiveness one. Sure. Um, let's do that. Because I think, you know, once you've decided that you're going to forgive somebody, you would notice that you would have some arguments coming from your subconscious mind. Those arguments are meant to be processed, not to inform your decisions. But so let's imagine that there's somebody that you're like, I've decided I'm going to forgive them. And you say a statement like, it's so easy for me to forgive this person. And I just want you to listen and see if you can notice any argument about this. All right. It's so easy for me to forgive this person. Oh, yeah, there's an argument. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. Okay. So you're focusing on that. And now as you're focusing on this person or the argument and the person that's so easy to forgive, I just want you to notice what your body has to say about this. It's so easy to forgive this person. So I'm feeling it in my solar plexus. Yeah. Okay. Bubbling. Great. And some questions you can ask, what color is that? What color is that feeling, that sensation in your solar plexus? I would say that it's kind of a, a pinkish red. Okay. And my next question is, how intense is that on a scale of zero to 10? 10, absolute distress, zero, no, nothing. I would say four or five. Okay. And let's get started. That's enough. And now it's in your awareness. And so now we're just going to help you process that. So you're going to tap on the side of your hand, the, mm-hmm. um, the karate chop point. So it's the back side away from the thumb. the fleshy part, just below the pinky. The fleshy part, thank you. Just below the pinky, well said. And you need about three to five taps here, but people do what they want here. They'll tap at whatever speed for as long or as short as they want. And so feel free to do the same. Everybody's different. And so the next thing you're gonna tap on your eyebrow and you're just thinking about that sensation in your solar plexus or whatever the argument is, and they are not easy to forgive. Okay, so same side or different side? You can do same side or the other side. And that's the beginning of the eyebrow. And now tap on the outside of the eyebrow and underneath your eyebrow, your eye, and under your nose and under your lip and collarbones, under your collarbone points. This is a little bit more to the center. But really, you can, as long as you're tapping around there, your body knows. So you're winning. And the next point's under your arms, which is about four inches below your armpit, right where the middle of your bra line is. And then I like to get liver, which is right 
under your breasts on your ribs towards the center, not towards, I guess, under your nipple, right? Where <laughs> now that we're older, that could be anywhere. I was thinking, <laughs> but I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> okay, now tapping. Imagine you're going to shake somebody's hand and your hand is up, your thumb's up, and the part of the thumb closest to you, you're going to tap on that by the nail. Okay. And then the first finger, you'll, you'll tap on that part by the nail that's up towards the ceiling. And the middle finger, same spot. And the pinky finger, same spot. And then I like to tap on the point in between the ring finger on the back of the hand, the ring finger and the pinky finger. And then on the top of the head. And that's one round. And so go ahead and check back into that argument. It is so easy to forgive this person. I do feel better. Yeah. Better. And that's, it's beginning to process that. I didn't have instant stress when I thought about it. I don't think, you know, the problem's not solved, but I didn't have that instant stress. Because there's more complexity to it. And that's one of the other things that we'll notice if it's working. You'll, that arguments will be out, but your brain will say, well, what about this though? Great. <laughs> Let's tap on that too. Thank you for telling me. There's <laughs> <laughs> a whole part of our brain that's like, what if? Yeah. And it's kind of like this, you know, those plates at a buffet. You take the first stack out and the next one pops up. And it's so worth it to help your brain do everyone that's in that stack. Because once it's done, it's like, oh, I know what to do with this. And you, it will actually make the forgiveness for you all the obstacles to that forgiveness are cleared. So why those points? Are those lymphatic points or acupuncture points? Acupuncture points. They're the the beginning and end points of meridians. Beautiful. Well, I 100% am supportive of anyone using this type of technique for their healing. And the great part about it is is that it's something that we can all do. It doesn't matter. Equipment. You can do it in your car. You can do it in your bed, anywhere at all. So what is your website, Rachel? My website is rachelmcleod.com. So that's M-C-C-L-O-U-D. Now I want to tell you there's a bit of a different spelling for Rachel's name. So I'm going to, I'm going to put it in the show notes, but I'm going to tell you right now. It's spelled like Rachelle, R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E. M-C-C-L-O-U-D.com. And if you go ahead and get on Rochelle's, Rachel's email <laughs> list, she is going to uh, take you through a series of uh, bonuses there where she can teach you different ways of empowering you to do your own healing work effectively, which is very exciting. Yes. Really exciting. And you know, I know that so many of us have put so much time into self-healing and self-care it's great to just be learning tools to be doing these quick little shifts and just going another layer, like you said, another plate on the buffet. That's right. A lot of times people have done so much therapy that they've really set everything up to process really well. It's very organized in there. It's still in the back because it hasn't been able to make it to the front, but it's like they get these tools and it's just, things just start moving so quickly for them. So I can see nothing's that. wasted. Well, I'm going to go get on that email list myself. I have to tell you that for sure, Rachel. Fine. And uh, thank you so much for being with us here today. I'm going to include again your information in the show notes. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. And thank you for all of the good that you're doing in the world. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. 
If you would like to become an internationally certified Heal Your Life teacher and coach, please visit thetraining.ca. To be a guest on the show and share your story, please visit victoriajohnson.org. Thank you so much for joining us.